Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 75 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Uh, Brother Scudder is in the middle of talking about fears of not enjoying the promises for not sufficiently performing the conditions. And he begins to apply the covenant, possibly my favorite theological concept. I will put my law into their inward parts and write it in their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Jeremiah 31, 31 and 33. He does not say he will be their God if they will be his people, but saith absolutely, they shall be my people, which that they might be, both there and elsewhere. He has said absolutely, without condition, they shall all be taught of God. Isaiah fifty four thirteen, John six forty five. He promises likewise, saying, "I will sprinkle." clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put into you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them, etc. Ezekiel thirty six twenty five through 27. And not for your sakes do I this, saith he, be it known to you. Be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel, version, uh, verse 32. And again he saith, I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn from them to do them good, but I will put my fear in their hearts that they shall not depart from me. Jeremiah thirty-two, forty. Note this also. In very many places, God promises his blessings to them that fear him and keep his commandments There he promises with condition. Here he absolutely promises those on whom he intends to bestow these blessings that he will put his fear in their heart that they may be capable of them. And which is more to the end that men might repent, believe, and live godly, which is the condition to which the promise of forgiveness and salvation is made, God declares that he has raised Christ and exalted him to be a prince and savior to give this faith and repentance that their sins may be forgiven and their souls saved by him. Acts 5, 30, 31. I pray consider well whether all these promises of this sort be not made absolutely on God's part 
and without any condition on man's part. Wherefore, whereas God has made many excellent promises of free and great rewards, as to hear the prayers and fulfill the desire of them that fear him, and to give life and glory to them that believe and obey him, and that hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope to the end, you see that here are promises of the first sort made with a kind of condition, but that God will give his people both to will and to do these things required in the condition he has absolutely promised as has been clearly proved. If you yet reply and say, are not these latter promises made under condition of our well-using the outward means thereof, such as hearing of the word, prayer, etc.? God indeed commanded these means to be used, and if we perform them aright, God will not fail to bless the good use of these means. But this well-using them is not in our own power, neither is it a condition for which God is necessarily bound to give faith and to plant his fear in our hearts, any otherwise than by his promise. But it is a condition by which he has ordained usually to give these graces to all who in the use of them shall wait upon him for them. For both the giving of his word and the giving us minds to hear the word and the opening of the heart to attend and the convincing and alluring of the heart to obey depend all upon those absolute promises they shall be taught of God and the rest before mentioned, Isaiah fifty four thirteen. Wherefore, let none of yours think that without hearing, praying, and the right using of God's ordinances that ever they shall have faith and the fear of God wrought in them or shall ever come to heaven. For we are commanded to pray hear, etc., and that in faith, or else we can never look to receive anything of the Lord. Hebrews 4.2, James 1.7. And doing what lies in man's power. A little extra music there. And doing what lies in men's power is the right using the means of salvation is of great consequence, although it be not a sufficient cause to move God necessarily to give grace. For I am persuaded that the best should have more grace if they would do what in them lay continually to make good use of the outward means of grace. And the worst should be guilty of less sin if they would do what in them lay to profit 
by the good use of the said means. And the neglect or the abusing of the means is a sufficient cause why God should not only withhold grace, but condemn men for refusing it. Psalm 81, 11, 12, Matthew 21, 43. 8. Fears of salvation for want of such graces as God has promised, removed. But some will yet say, let all that has been said be granted yet. I find that God has not fulfilled these, his absolute promises, to me. For I do not yet fear God and obey him. How can I hope? How can I but fear my estate to be bad? Let this for the time be granted, that God has not planted his fear in your heart, etc., as yet. May he not do it hereafter? Since he has made such excellent and absolute promises of grace, will you not attend to the appointed means of grace and hope for the blessing of God in his own time? And will you not wait and be glad if they may be fulfilled at any time. Times and seasons of God's communicating his graces are reserved to be at his own disposing, not at ours. It should be your care diligently to attend upon God's ordinances, and when you read or hear the word or will of God, to endeavor to believe and obey it, as when he saith, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. Thou shalt believe in the name of the Lord thy God and trust in his name. Thou shalt obey the voice of the Lord thy God and serve him, and such like. Attend to the word carefully, and because his word is infallibly true and excellently good, labor to believe and to approve it, and say within yourselves, These are true. These are good. This I ought to do. This I would believe and do. Lord, help me, and I will do it. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Psalm 119.5 In such exercises of the reasonable soul, it pleases God to give his grace, both to will and to do, his commandments. But secondly, do not say you have not faith nor the fear of God and love to him when in truth you have them. For what kind of duties are these, think you? Are they legal, which require perfect, exact, and full degrees of faith, fear, and love? Or are they not evangelical, such as require truth and sincerity in all these? and not full and absolute perfection. If you have true desire to fear him, which is the one measure of the fear of God's people, Nehemiah 1.11. So if you desire to believe, Matthew 9.24, and have a will to obey, Isaiah 1.19, in the inmost longing of your soul, according to the measure and strength of grace in you, 
this, according to the tenor of the blessed gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, is true and acceptable through Christ, for whose sake God does accept the will for the deed. In all such cases wherein there is truth of will and endeavor, but not power to do. Second Corinthians 8.12 Furthermore, if you think that it is your well-doing which must make you acceptable to God, you are in a proud and dangerous error. Indeed, God will not accept of you if you do not endeavor to do his will, but you most propose to yourself another end that to be accepted for your well-doing You must do your duty to show your obedience to God and to show your thankfulness that God has pleased and does please to accept you in his son Christ and that it is your desire to be accepted through him. This concludes episode 75 of The Christian's Daily Walk.